I always flash back to that moment where I was like 12 years old and my dad was like doing the finger wag, like one day when you have kids and just that like righteous indignation that came out of like 12 year old me going, I'm never having kids. Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm super excited for today's guest. Today, we're speaking with Veronica Weston. And Veronica and I have been connected on Instagram for like two or three years now. I remember you pretty much when I started posting about being child-free. We connected pretty quickly thereafter. So it's been lovely getting to talk with you face-to-face. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. So welcome, Veronica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, good. Absolutely. My pleasure. Can you start out by telling us all a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm a personal development coach and my specialty is really in relationships. I particularly enjoy working with women who either want to be in a committed lifetime relationship or are already in a relationship and they just want to make sure that they're managing it and showing up in the relationship in such a way that it will last a lifetime. So I really think that being in a relationship can be tricky. And a lot of us can fall into behaviors that maybe don't really serve us in that goal. And so I think having relationships and people that hold you accountable, people that you could check in with is really important for the overall success of your relationships. And so that's sort of the arena I like to play in. I love that. That's so that's such a needed support. Like you said, relationships are tricky and they do take time and attention and intention. So that's really cool that you provide that. Yeah. So when did you know that you didn't want to have kids and how did that decision unfold for you? (laughs) It's actually really funny because whenever somebody asks me that question, I always flash back to that moment where I was like 12 years old and my dad was like doing the finger wag, like one day when you have kids and just that like righteous indignation that came out of like 12 year old me going, I'm never having kids. Right. And like, I don't even know where that really came from. Yeah. I don't know if I had any sort of conscious awareness of it at that point, but I was determined in that moment and that never really changed. And as I got older and I got into a relationship when I was 23 Of course, then those questions would come up of when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? And I just, I was never on board with that idea. So it's something that was kind of always there for you, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. And 12-year-old me was determined. Like, that is never happening. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) At that point, I did have two little brothers. And I don't know. It was just never really my thing. I played with Barbies. They were entrepreneurial. They traveled, never did the family thing. I didn't play with baby dolls. Like, I don't know. 
I just always said it wasn't in my DNA. Yeah. Do you remember, you know, I know this is when you were 12. So if this, you might not remember, but like, do you remember what your dad's response was when you were, when you said, I'm never having kids? It, it, I, it was dismissive, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You say that now. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it did become a more intense conversation as I got older. I think he was definitely disappointed that the lineage wasn't going to continue through me, but my brothers have taken care of that. So it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm off the hook. Yay. Good. (laughs) Thank you, siblings. (laughs) Right. It was the reason why I wasn't an only child, right? He always said he gave me siblings for a reason and they're doing their part. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. (laughs) So when it comes to the personal decision of whether or not to become a parent, what do you feel is central to making that choice? I think what's most central when making a decision about whether or not you're going to have kids is really what are your core values, right? Because like our core values typically determine how we guide ourselves through life, what we commit to, what we make time for, what we put energy into creating, right? And so if your core values align with family and future generations and giving back and teaching and helping other people grow and so on, having kids is a way of doing that, right? Like taking your own personal responsibility for the future generation and bringing up children is part of that. It's not the only way of doing that, but it is a major way of doing that is you're bringing the next generation into the world, right? And the way you raise them and the values you instill in them makes a difference for everybody else. And so if the choice to have children is completely in alignment with your values, then great. I know for me personally, when I did the work to identify what my actual core values are, and I do want to give credit to Brene Brown, <laughs> Dare to Lead, and her list of core values that she provides, that really helped me get clear about what was most important to me, and that was freedom and connection. And so freedom is kind of like the obvious one of, I didn't want to be tied down. Like, I didn't want to commit 18 years of my life to raising another human being, I wanted the freedom to be myself. And I know that people have judged me for being selfish before. Most recently, I sent you that link to Jordan Peterson saying that child-free people are narcissistic, which is my least favorite word in the world right now. But um, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. But I own it. I am selfish. I didn't want to be tied down. I didn't want to commit that much time and energy in my life away from the things that I do value and that I am passionate about. I wasn't willing to make that sacrifice to have a child just because My parents may have preferred it or society may have preferred it because by default being a woman, I'm expected to. None of that resonated with me. So really being able to identify what my values are and aligning my commitments and energy towards those things was super important. Like it it gave me permission to make the choice that was better for me in alignment with who I really am. Yeah. I love that you brought up values and Brene Brown's work because I, with clients, that's one of the 
first things that I like to do with people if they aren't haven't taken the time to do that before. And even if they have, I think it's really good to revisit because they can shift with seasons of life. And I love that you are so connected to your values. No pun intended there because one of yours is connection. Yeah, that's really cool. And how do you stay connected to your values? Obviously, like living into them, but like, how do you bring attention and intention to your life with your values? I am really big on commitment and commitment, surrendering to your commitments, self-discipline around your commitments. When I truly commit to something, I'm in. And that doesn't show up in all areas of my life. (laughs) I've never been able to commit to a diet, for example. (laughs) Following any kind of regimented diet has never worked for me. But in other areas of my life, when there's a subject that I'm passionate about, I dive in. I was fully immersed in personal development, learning everything I could about relationships for well over a decade now. And I dove into that head first. And that's just how I am. And I met the man who is now my husband when I was 23. It's been 18 years. And it hasn't been easy. We've had our struggles. You know, I was very young. I didn't have the self-acceptance and the core values and all my personal development tools when I met him. But somehow we've managed to make the commitment last and we haven't quit. And anytime we've encountered a difficulty or a challenge or growing pains, we've always somehow managed to get through. And so for me, it's my sense of commitment that really keeps me on track with my core values. Because once I became aware of them and I took them on and I took them in, that was it. That was my commitment. So now every decision I make, is this in alignment with my core value of freedom? Or is it in alignment with connection or both? And how do I make that work? Because when I make decisions based on my core values and what I'm committed to, I feel better. I'm in alignment. I'm standing up for myself. I'm honoring myself. And everything just feels better as a result, right? It's sort of that guiding post the the foundation that just keeps me on solid ground, no matter what life throws at me, right? Because life doesn't change, but we change, right? Mm-hmm. We learn to adapt to life. We learn to make life work for us as opposed to just being reactive or passive and then feeling like a victim about life. And it's so easy to do that. So knowing your core values, committing to them and really creating and shaping your life around that will make you feel stronger and more confident and more solid in every choice that you make from that point on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that and for reflecting out your own experience there. So there aren't a lot of examples to look to when envisioning your child-free future in the same way that like parents or people who have kids can sort of, or who want to have kids can envision what that future looks like. So How have you and your partner handled this in planning out your own ideal child-free life and future together? Well, I was actually lucky enough to have some examples in my life growing up. Okay. Um, I had one aunt who was more or less single most of her life, not like didn't get married. So I kind of looked up to her. She was my godmother as well, (laughs) Um, born on the same day. So I did have a role model of someone who didn't get married and didn't have kids. 
And I had another aunt who did get married, but they never had children by choice. And so, you know, I did have those role models within my extended family. And I definitely looked up to them more than (laughs) my own parents and the other aunts and uncles who seemed to be having a much harder time with life. And I don't know if I associated that with having kids, but my family members that did not have children definitely seemed to be more in control of their life and getting to enjoy more of it. So that could have been a bias that I made up in my head. Not to say that people that have kids are all miserable because I have lots of friends who have kids and it's in line with their core values and their higher purpose and they love it and they just, they they thrive in that environment. I just knew it wasn't for me. And I always look to the people that didn't because role models are important. And so I think I knew that from a young age that I would look to the people who had what I wanted and try to figure out how they got there, why they got there. And all that kind of stuff. So the same kind of thing applied when I got into my 20s and I was out of college and I met this guy. And, you know, that was a big part of what brought us together initially. He's 12 years older than me. And so for him, meeting a woman that was determined to not have children and was very clear about that to him was entirely refreshing because he also did not want children. And so that was kind of one of the things that we bonded with initially was, okay, so we don't want kids. Good. What else do we want to create? What does the future look like? What do we want to do? And so we both really aligned on being able to run a business, our, our business became the baby, <laughs> the, the project that we would create and work with together. And the end goal for that would be to be able to tra- travel and be free to go places and do things that we otherwise felt that we wouldn't be able to do if we were committed to raising children. We have the ability to move and go anywhere we want, whenever we want. And that's actually what brought us down to Mexico two years ago, is we decided that we didn't want to be in Canada anymore. And we were able to just sell the house, purge our belongings, and pick up and go in like a month. And if we had children and we had to consider schools and all that kind of stuff, that would have, you know, I'm not saying it would have stopped us from moving to Mexico, because I do have friends that made the move with children, (laughs) And it is possible. But for us, it was really about having that freedom to just go, we're done, we're out, purge, go, move. And we have settled into a house here. But who knows, next year we might decide we want to go to Costa Rica or somewhere else in South America. And we don't have to consider the impact of how that could affect our children because we don't have them. And we could just follow our dreams and our pursuits completely unattached. So that's been amazing for us that we've been able to align on that and create a future that makes us both feel fulfilled, excited, happy, just to live and explore and see what the world has to offer. Wow. I have so many more questions. (laughs) (laughs) Ask away. You have pulled off something that like I daydream about, which is like just up and moving somewhere. But it feels like it's so easy to put so many hurdles and barriers in front of that. Just like 
talking yourself out of it kind of thing. So I guess I'm just curious, like how long were you thinking about doing it? And then how was the process to move to a whole different country? So my husband went out to Mexico on this like volunteer work trip in 2012 or 2013. And he came back from that trip and he said, I'm going to retire in Mexico. And I was like, okay, cool. Maybe I could go with you on the next trip and we could, you know, figure that out. And so fast forward to April, 2020, after the pandemic uh, situation started, he came home from work one day and he said, it's time. We got to go. And I was like, no, like, you know, we have a business, we have a house, I have my friends, I have my women's circle, my community, you know, I have roots here, you know, my connection value. And I was like, I don't think we could do that. And it took me about three days to process it. And then I realized that sandy beaches and ocean and palm trees had been on my vision boards, you know, Mm. to manifest for the last decade. And I was like, why am I saying no to the thing I've been working for and trying to manifest for the past decade? What am I thinking? And then the freedom value came in and it was like, you are free to do this. There is no reason why you can't. If it doesn't work out, you just come back, like move, go see the world. The the furthest south I had been at that point was Chattanooga, Tennessee. And so I had <laughs> never been to the Caribbean, to Mexico, like anywhere. And so I moved blind. And mm-hmm. even, even my coach at the time was like, well, have a plan B, you know, you want to be reasonable but you should totally do it. Like, just trust, go for it. And I did. And I actually kept an apartment in Montreal for a year. And because initially I thought I would just come down for the winter and kind of like enjoy the winter lockdown in sunny weather. Yeah. <laughs> As to in Canada under six feet of snow. <laughs> but yeah, initially I just thought I'd come down for the winter and then we would figure it out from there. And once I got here, I was done. I just, I fell in love. I started feeling better. It felt like home. I started healing because I do have a chronic autoimmune issue, which was also part of the decision-making of not having children as I got older. And I just started feeling better and I started healing and I started meeting other people that had been to all these other places in the world. And I was just like, wow. And so, yeah, got onto the real estate (laughs) websites and found the dream house. Like it fit every checkbox and it was like the universe brought us here and it was just meant to be. And so it's been like two and a half years now. So have not been back to Canada, not even for a visit yet. And just, just loving, loving our new life. It's really like we created our dream life and now we're living it. And it's been a really amazing process. That's so cool. I'm just like so in awe and how adventurous too to like take that leap, especially not having been there yourself. And I I do have to credit my husband for that. He's the spontaneous, adventurous, impulsive. (laughs) I'm very calculated and careful. I'm, I'm a thinker. So, but yeah, he, he inspires me to take risks and to try things I haven't tried before. And there's a very yin yang balance between us and yeah, it was scary, but best decision we ever made. Wow. Hey listeners, I am really excited to announce that I am launching an eight week 
program to help you create your child-free life vision. I'm taking my experience from coaching numerous child-free women and condensing it into eight specifically targeted weeks that will set you up to live your most fulfilling child-free life. Deciding you don't want kids is a huge step, but it's just the beginning. For those who have kids, there's a whole road mapped out. For those who don't have kids, the future isn't quite so straightforward. And so that's where I come in. With my coaching skills and experience coaching other child-free women, I'll help you create a vision for your most fulfilling child-free life based on you, your goals, dreams, and desires. If you're listening to this thinking you don't even know where to start with goals, dreams, and desires, then this is the exact program for you. There are three spots available for the month of May. You can claim yours by signing up for the Child-Free Life Vision Program through my website, AnnaOlson.com. Just look for the banner at the top of the page and click there. I'll link it in the show notes of this episode as well. I cannot wait to help you create a vision for your future that you are so excited about. What has it been like since connection is one of your core values? And like you said, it was hard to think about leaving your women's circle, your friends, the place that you had roots. Have you been able to cultivate connection there or what does that look like? Yeah, that was kind of mission number one when I got here was I need to recreate like a women's circle because it was so crucial to my own mental health and well-being and my own personal development process back home. And like, I was connected to thousands of women across North America as part of the organization I was in, the organization that raised me, I say, I give them full credit. Um, And so moving to Mexico where there wasn't an existing community, I knew that I, I would have to create something for myself and kind of really step into being a leader in my own life. And you know, taking everything I've learned and now turning it into who I am and what I want to bring to the world. And so that was part of what inspired me to officially become a personal development coach and start working with people. I created a program called the Goddess Mastery Circle, which brings small groups of women together for 11 weeks at a time. And so I get that weekly connection in that program that I used to get as a participant in the other organization I was a part of for over a decade. Yeah. So, but I was able to bring more of myself, more of the spirituality, more of the witchy stuff into it. And Mm -hmm. it was fun. So I have been able to put my roots down here and create a connection with women. But surprisingly, it's men and women because I've actually been leading full moon community gatherings every month for the past eight months. I have a partner that I co-lead with. She's an astrologer. And so she does all that kind of stuff. And so it's been really cool over the last eight months. We've just been hosting these free events and the local expats come and we just have these community gatherings under the full moon (laughs) (laughs) once a month. And I've been able to create community through that. So it's taken time, but I do, I, I get my connection fix through bringing the community together and being part of this beautiful community. Cause we do have an expat community. A lot of Americans and Canadians move down here either permanently or just for the winter. And, but we also have the local community, the Mexicans, the Mayans, it's a small little fishing village 
people that live here have been here for generations. You know, they're related to everybody. It's a very close-knit community. And the culture and the food and the music and the parties and, you know, it's, I don't know, there's something about the land here. It's wired for connection. And when you're here, you just feel like you're part of it all. And so it's, it's been wonderful. Wow. That's really beautiful and and so inspiring, too, to hear how you were just committed to figuring it out. And then that led you to building this, the coaching and then and the community programs that you're doing. That is so cool. Thank you. Yeah. And I love that how with technology like Zoom, like what we're doing here, it's really not about geography anymore. We get to connect with people from anywhere in the world, any background, doesn't matter what their core values are, what they dream about, you can connect with people. And that's what I love about the coaching aspect of things. And I'm sure you could relate to this is, you know, getting to listen and understand what's most important to people, what they dream about, what their soul calls them to do, and to be able to hold that for them and give them permission and be like, yes, you can do this. I'm supporting you. I'm encouraging you. Create whatever you want to create, you know, and to be able to do that online with people from everywhere is like the coolest thing ever. So I love technology for that reason. I'm connected no matter where I am. It's amazing. I am so with you. I It has expanded my world immensely because I can connect with people yeah. everywhere. And it allows me to have gotten to know you when you were in Canada and then when you were, you know, moved, like we were connected. So that's super cool. So going back to the child-free topic, like something that can be, I mean, this is all the child-free topic, being able to to make a move like that, you know, you are child-free, but something that can be like hard to navigate is pushback. And when we spoke previously, you noted that responding from a place of self-acceptance is key. And that really stood out to me. So can you talk more about that? Yeah. Self-acceptance really is the foundation of everything. Your level of self-acceptance will impact every part of your life, from your career to your relationships, to the decisions you make. If you're not fully self-accepting of yourself, which to me means you know who you are, you love who you are, and you accept who you are without resistance, without judgment. You just know it is what it is, right? And I don't mean that we want to be complacent, right? Like there are some things that we need to know about ourselves that are never going to change. And so for me, the child-free decision was in that no category. Like I know this about myself. I am not going to be a mother. I just know this. For other people, it could fall under the accept category, right? They don't really know that they're never going to be a mother, but for any number of reasons, they know that that's probably the choice that they're going to make. And even though there might be some doubts or questions about it, or even some grief or anger around it, it's something that you can accept and move forward from. And then with self-acceptance, you get clear about what your core values are. And so it's hard to be clear about what your core values are if you're not fully accepting of yourself in the first place, right? So that is the foundation of it. And then you can base your decisions and your choices based on who you really are and what you love about yourself. 
And what you know at your core is most important to you. So I know that there's going to be women out there who are not mothers, not by choice. Mm. And to be able to move forward with that powerfully is so important. And so connecting with other women who maybe made the child-free choice, we can support each other to go, okay, well, what are the core values? What do you want to create? What's the new dream you want to work towards, right? And to do that in such a way that you feel empowered. And that all comes from self-acceptance because without that, we are way too dependent on outside influences, that external validation. And it doesn't matter how much of that you get, it's never going to be enough if it's not coming from within. Mm-hmm. And so I've been able to approach <laughs> the pushback with a sense of humor because I don't take myself too seriously. You know, one of my favorite comments is I'm allergic. You know, I put my hands <laughs> up, just, sorry, I'm allergic and just have fun with it. Right. Like, and then in other cases, I've had to get more serious about it. And I've had friends, women who care about me and want the best for me be like, but you would be a great mother. Mm. You're missing on this opportunity. You know, you have so much love to give. And it's like, yeah, I'm giving it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I am. I have dogs. I love them. (laughs) You know, I have a husband. I love him. I have friends. I love them. I love my family. I do have a lot of love to give. And I do have a lot to teach. And I do have a lot of encouragement and strength and things to pass down. And I do. I just didn't need to sacrifice my goals and dreams to bring another human being into the world. And I had a list with 500 items, (laughs) you know, reason 534, why I'm not having kids. It's, there's a long list and there's a lot of reasons not to. And even if you just have one reason why you don't want to have kids, it's valid. It's valid. You don't need to justify yourself to anybody. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't like We're living in the modern world (laughs) where we have so many choices and possibilities and, you know, we don't need to fit into a box anymore. We don't, you know, and it doesn't mean that people making a different choice than us are wrong or need to be judged either. If it's in alignment with them, great. My heart breaks sometimes when I see women having children for the wrong reasons. And I know that that's my judgment. That's where I can really tap into my love and my support and all the relationship skills I have is to support them and love them because they're going to go through a hard time, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're making choices that don't necessarily align with who they are. Those people need extra love and extra support. So I think we're all just trying to do our best. And that's why in my coaching, it's really about empowering self-acceptance, core values, and what you're willing to commit yourself to. Because if you're living your life based on external expectations and you're not truly committed to yourself, you're going to get pulled in all kinds of directions and you're going to have a really hard time. So I think it all starts there. Accept yourself align with your core values, commit to them, and make all your choices based off that. And then it's easier. It, it's just easier <laughs> than trying to please everybody else. We're done with the people pleasing. Am I right? <laughs> We're done with that. So, yeah. That's my rant. <laughs> no, I, I love it. If someone, let's say like 20-year-old Anna came to you and was like, because 
she did not accept herself and she was pulled all over the place listening to so many external voices and she desperately wanted to accept and love herself and so like yeah if she came to you and and asked you like veronica what is the first step to learning to accept myself what would you say to her oh what is the first step for me it was really about making connections with Mm -hmm. other women i was lucky enough that I started my personal development journey when I was about 28. Before that, I really struggled. It was messy. But at 28, I was able to connect with some women who gave me permission. They saw things in me that I wasn't able to see for myself. And over time, it was kind of like practicing. I don't like using the fake it till you make it cliche, but it really is practice. And I think as women or people in general, I don't want to limit gender here, but people, we're all mirrors for each other, right? And we reflect back to each other things that either we haven't dealt with and that we don't accept about ourselves. So the people we butt heads with and just rub us the wrong way, like they serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of that, people also reflect back in us what we want to see in ourselves, right? And I met women who were just beautiful, like not only on the outside, but on the inside and women that were just so generous and caring. And I was like, I want to be all these things. And my teachers, my mentors would be like, well, you only see it because it's part of you. You have that. You're, you don't need to wish to become that. You are that, right? And so just really developing those relationships with women was super important. And I do wish I had started younger. Like I wish I had those mentors and those coaches when I was a teenager. And I probably would have saved myself a lot of suffering, (laughs) which is why if any teenager ever reaches out to me, I'm available. That's just, that's a give back right there. Yeah. It's teenagers. They need so much help right now. And by the time we're in our 20s, you know, we're still trying to figure out who we are. And then, you know, you're 28, you go through your Saturn's return, which I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But, you know, it's a really tough time in our lives. You know, when we're turning 30, we usually go through some pretty heavy duty stuff. And then we come out the other side and we really have like a deeper knowing of who we are. So it's all part of the process. But like, I think that was really the key for me is making connections with people and having as many different reflections of myself around me so that I can really get to know, love and accept myself on all levels. And being part of a network with a thousand women, you know, it was like the boot camp of self-acceptance, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of reflection. And yeah. I put myself in a lot of situations that were outside of my comfort zone, but it was all for a purpose. And so now I get to implement that in my one-on-one coaching. You know, how can I hold up the mirror for you? How can I reflect back the parts of you that you can't see in yourself? Mm -hmm. How can I give you permission to really step into your light and who you are and who you want to be? And then give you the little tools I've learned along the way that helped me get there, right? So it's all about, you know, paying it forward and supporting each other and That's what we're here for, isn't it? To learn about ourselves, learn to navigate life together and create the life we want to have. I think that's the entire purpose of being here. I'm not going to get cocky and say that that's the meaning of life, but it's definitely been a purpose in mine to learn how to navigate it in a way that 
it's beneficial, not just for myself, but for everybody else around me. And I'm hoping it ripples out globally. Yeah. I love all the things you brought up. And I know when you were talking about like the cliche, fake it till you make it. And that one doesn't really sit well with me either, but it, and I was thinking back on, I guess it must've been my Saturn return because I definitely went through something like 29, 30 year old, like hit rock bottom, but grew a lot after that. And I think like I was learning to accept myself. It was seen like you're talking about the mirrors here, like accepting that other people saw something in me, which even if I didn't see it yet, it like sparked like, okay, it's possible that this is true. And like, the more that I allowed that possibility, like the bigger it got, it like opened. And then eventually I came to own it and self-acceptance kind of came in through that. So that was interesting. I don't think I've ever thought of it in those terms until I was talking with you here, which is kind of cool. Yeah. People kind of plant the seeds for us, right? Yeah. You you never know what's going to bloom. Right. That's poetic, but that's one of the purpose of other people in our lives, right? And the more people you put yourself in front of or with or in circle with, the more reflections, the more seeds, the more inspiration you get. And so I think that that's crucial for self-acceptance. It's hard to achieve it in isolation. Yes, that is so true. Yeah. Unless you want to do mirror work, but oh, that's mirror work is a hard one. Part of the process as well, but even the mirror work, you want someone behind you to hold that space for you, right? So I'm not an advocate for doing anything alone. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're, we're social creatures. We do need each other. And um, even, even the people we perceive <laughs> as, you know, negative or toxic or narcissistic, they all serve a purpose. And so if, if you're attracting a lot of that, there's, there's something there for you to look at. So it's, it's all part of your personal development and becoming who you're meant to be. And I truly believe that. So, Mm. and that's why I love working with people. Yeah. That's super cool. So as we wrap up, what's a message that you want to share with the listeners? I think the message I most want to share with your listeners is your choice is valid. Your choice is valid and there is absolutely nothing wrong with honoring yourself, accepting yourself for who you are, accepting your circumstances, but always have a goal. Always have that something that you want to grow into being, something that keeps you motivated, something that keeps you going, something that makes you excited about life. And it's not about the destination. It really is the journey because when you have something to look forward to, when you have a vision that you're working towards, it gives every day, every moment a purpose, right? And approaching that with mindfulness and living your life on purpose is what's going to make you feel fulfilled and happy and keep you out of those negative emotions, right? Like there's nothing more depressing than having nothing to look forward to. So if you really want your mental health and your well-being and your self-acceptance and your relationships and everything in your life to thrive, have something to work towards and don't do it alone. Find good people, build a team and don't do it alone. Mm-hmm. We're here for you. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. 
speaking of, um, if listeners want to connect with you, how is it best to do so? How can they find you and find the work that you're doing as well? I think the easiest way to find me is probably just going to veronicaweston.ca. My socials and all that are connected to my website. You can read my blog, which is usually my late night brain droppings <laughs> as I go into a blog. I'm a little bit of an insomniac. That's when the creativity kicks in. So I just kind of ramble and put stuff on my blog. So enjoy that. <laughs> and so, yeah, my socials and everything are connected to the website. So you could start there and reach out. I'd awesome. love to. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I will put that in the show notes so people can go click the link, go right to your website and then take a look around and go to the socials from there. This has been fabulous. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Thank you so much, Veronica, for sharing your perspective, your insights and your experience here today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me and maybe we'll do it again one day. I'd love that. Yes. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you haven't already, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. This is how we reach more people. And in doing so, that's how we break the stigma. I would really appreciate your support in that and helping this podcast reach more listeners. And if you're someone who is struggling with any aspect of your child-free life, head over to my website and book your free clarity call. We'll talk about how you can start living your best child-free life with intention and purpose today.